my dad would cook for him and all the guides lived in this little we called it the mouse mahal i mean it was just a little rundown shack I'm kind of an addictive person if i ever get on drugs i feel like it's over <laughs> Hey guys, uh, appreciate you for tuning in. I uh, it's been a little bit since our last episode with Jimbo, ten days maybe, and uh, really enjoyed that. Got some good insight from Jimbo, and had a great conversation. Um, had planned to do one in between then and now, but uh, recently, and and I feel the need to do this now. Um, recently. I lost a good buddy. And if you fought along with me uh, throughout my life or, or on social media, I know a lot of us know each other through social media or know of each other through social media. But if you fought along with me or if you haven't, um, I lost my, uh, I lost my good buddy, Rosie, this last week. And, and this whole podcast series is about hunting and it's about business and it's about taking chances and it's about how folks have done it, how folks have made it. And so this podcast that I'm doing right now, I don't really care. And, and I thought about this myself. I don't care if anybody listens to this and, and I really don't care. It's not about who hears it. If it helps you, if it, you know, gives you some insight, that's great. But I thought, I don't care if it helps people or not. And I don't care if it sticks true to the podcast theme that we've got, because I just feel like I owe it. You know, I just, I just feel like I owe it to Rosie to kind of say a few words here. You know, and the more I thought about it, the more, the more I realized this is going to fit in better with our theme. This is going to fit in perfectly with the theme of this podcast series, because um, the more I thought about it, in my situation, Rosie probably had as much to do with my success in the waterfowl industry and, and entrepreneurship in general th than anybody did. And, and I know that sounds crazy, but um, but it's it's really true. I uh, I look back at at what that dog did for me, and uh, she got me invited on a lot of hunts early on in her life and uh, hunts with, with folks that I think just invited me because I had a dog, but um, made some great friendships out of that and got some great opportunities out of that to be on some awesome hunts and, and write some stories and um, take some pictures and, and get in magazines and, and do things and, and set myself on a, on a path that I might not have been on without her. I'm, I'm realizing this as I'm saying it, but um, it's kind of crazy how, how a good dog like that can impact your life in, in a lot of ways. But, but Rosie in particularly, she was there through the thick and thin of it all um, of my journey throughout the last, you know, six years. And, uh, and everybody says, you know, it's just a dog and you look around and, and in light of what we've got going on right now, we've got school shooting going on. We've got all the craziness that have gone has gone on the past two years with, um, loss and hardship and um pandemic whatever the hell has gone on these last two years it, it doesn't need to be explained i'm sitting here dip 
down. I mean, broken down over a dog. And it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, you feel bad. You feel bad. You know, everybody's going through so much and, and, uh, and you're, you're down and broken over a dog. But when you really look at it, it's not a dog at all that you're, that you're down and broken about. And, uh, and Ira has lost a, a good dog or, or a few good dogs. Um, and one time he talked about how you look back as a, as a waterfowler and, and this is probably true for folks outside the waterfowl industry, but you look back as a dog owner and a dog marks periods of your life. And some are longer than others. Some are shorter, but you can almost, if you're a dog person, look back and measure your life through the dogs you've had. And I think what's part of what's so special about Rosie to me is kind of ties in with that stages, stages of life that Ira was talking about. You know, you know, when I got Rosie, uh, I didn't really realize what I had. My, uh, my wife and my mom actually found her and they told me about it. And I thought, well, the way they're talking about this little puppy, there's two of them, two females. And the way they were talking about it, I thought there, there's no way that I'm not going to get it now because they're, they're already fired up about it. And uh, I wanted a black female because at the time, the best dog that I'd hunted over was, and, and arguably still so, was Ira's dog, Sadie. And uh, I really liked her and I liked her, you know, personality and the way she hunted and everything. So I thought, well, I'm, I don't know much about dogs and I don't have a ton to go off of, but I hunt with this dog some and she's great and let's try it. You know, let's see what happens. Well, I get her and, you know, we're living in a falling in house. And I mean, falling in like Rosie was our pet, our only pet, but there was rats and mice and everything else living in there. Every time they'd fire up the grain bins near our house, we'd get three or four new visitors. Um, man, I, I get off my job at, uh, in ag retail. It was the summer in the spring in the summertime, I guess. And it was a busy time of year, but I would get off and we would just go out and train. We would train, we would spend a lot of time together. You know, that, that time we spent together and that wasn't just when she was a puppy, that was all the time, but there to start with, we would spend time together so much that it was like, there was never a time she wasn't with me. And the only time she wasn't with me was whenever I was at work and we spent so much time together that it was almost a detriment at first. You know, I'm not a dog trainer and folks always ask me like, who trained this dog? Who trained this dog? Well, Brian Anderson, a, a local guy here, he trained her, but really I say trained her. All he did was force fetch her and he did a great job. And we spent so much time together when I dropped her off with Brian. Uh, I remember him calling me, he said, um, she won't come out of her cage. He said, I don't know what's going on. She won't come out of the kennel. She won't train. She won't do anything. And he said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to do anything with her. And uh, I couldn't believe it because she was so fired up and she loved, you know, she loved it. He said, she actually snipped at me, tried to bite me. He said, she does not like me at all. He said, I think she misses you. So he doesn't live very far away. So he said, here's what we're going to do. He said, come up here and stand behind this big tree in my yard. 
And he said, I'm going to try to let Rosie out and you can, you can see what she's doing. And he said, uh, then if she won't come out, you know, you can try saying something to her and we'll see. She would come out of the cage. I, I should say she'd come out, but she wouldn't want to train. She'd have her tail tucked between her legs and she wouldn't do anything. She had no fire. She didn't care about anything. You just, it was like, it was like a, a completely different dog. And I'm standing behind this tree and he, come on, Rosie, come on. She would not come out. And finally she did. He'd throw the bumper for her and she'd pick it up and like walk it back. And she looked so depressed. I thought, what is going on here? And this is where I feel like our relationship really started the different relationship we had. And I, I always jokes about it, but I talked with Rosie, like I would talk with any of my friends. I just, I'm like I said, I'm not a dog trainer. I know that flies in the face of what you're supposed to be doing, but I would just talk with her. Like no big deal. We were, we were together all the time. I was alone most of the time with her and that I just talked to her like, like she was my, you know, my buddy. And she saw me behind that tree and she came running over there. I said, Rosie, what is going on? I said, you're here to train. I'm not leaving you here. I don't understand. You know, you've got to train. I said, you come on, bud. And I was playing with her a little bit and she went back over to Brian and never had one more issue with her. And he said, I want to keep this dog. She's excellent. I want to keep her. I want to pup out of her, blah, blah, blah. But it went from, I don't know if I'm going to be able to train her. I went and talked with her literally for 30 seconds. And it was like light switch. I'm good to go. I'm supposed to be here. And she, she did great. She finished her force fetch. I took her home. I taught her hand signals, um, which she, which she mastered. Um, and she became a great hunting dog. She wasn't the best at any one thing. She didn't take the best lines every time. She didn't mark the best every time. Um, sometimes she'd get out there and, and not know where to go. And she'd just pop and she'd turn and then look at me. And I'd have to, you know, I'd have to cast her. Now she could take every cast and she knew exactly what I was talking about. And I could haul her out. No, back a little bit further, Rosie, than over. And she would do it. And if you don't believe it, then you didn't hunt with me because I, it was, it was, it was just normal stuff. Um, we I recall them conversational commands. That's, that's what we did. I was tough on Rosie when she needed it. Um, but she was a great dog and she's kind of like, they say their dogs like their owners. Sometimes you got to be tough on me, but, but I needed it and I could take it, but she wasn't the best at any one thing except for she had a motor that was absolutely you, unbelievable. You couldn't stop it. And so she would beat you. She'd beat any dog out there that I've hunted with for the most part in, in relentlessness. And I'm not saying there's not other dogs that aren't relentless. And there might be some that are just as much as her, but you know, and, and Rosie wasn't the best at any one thing. And when I say she wasn't the best, I don't mean she wasn't good. I mean, she was a good at everything, but total package. I don't know one better as far as just like you see a duck and you shoot it and it's across the hole and it gets up in the woods. You're like, God dang, that ain't good. Those are the ones that, you know, to me, it was like she liked the challenge of it and um, and just total package meat dog. There ain't one better. And I don't care. I'm not I'm not going to argue, but there's some there's some just as good, I'm sure. But I don't know that there's one better. You could you could remotely kennel her um, when you were hunting. If I was hunting by myself in a, in a poor hide, I would kennel her remote 100, 200 yards away in some cover and wouldn't miss a beat she could be bringing a goose back. I'd tell her to lay down. She'd lay down out in the middle of the field with the goose in her mouth. Uh, I could shoot the next volley. Um, she had that drive and that fire and that, you know what? Yeah. She broke a little bit, 
she sure did. We hunted together. And if I wasn't paying attention and letting her get away with it, sometimes she would. And I really didn't give a shit. I mean, if we were hunting with folks, I, I wouldn't let her, I'd police it. I'd, you know, I'd police and I'd police it. She wasn't a perfect hunting dog. That's for sure. She was perfect for me, but you know, she'd break a little bit and I'd really have to stay on top of her sometimes there because she was so excited, just like me. And there was things that she could have done better, but there wasn't anybody, any dog that fit my hunting style like she was ever going to. And it's like, she knew when she needed the break. It was weird. You know, I'd shoot a goose at 120, you know, it'd sail out to 120 yards and it'd be real lively. She'd be gone. She'd be remote hid 50 yards behind me and she'd take a line to it and it'd be unreal. I'd shoot one that fall dead in the decoys and she'd sit there and wait her turn to go get it. Um, she knew what she needed to do for me. And I think that's what, made her and I such a good team a field she just she was a remarkable dog from a hunting side but there are a lot of remarkable dogs from a hunting side and that's not what I'm here to get into I just I did want to give her those props because she was a hell of a hunting dog and uh you know the two of us I hunted together all the or we hunted together all the time and I hunted by myself a lot except you know just me and Rosie and um you know the stages of life thing so I wanted to touch on that but getting back to the stages of life you know I had her while I was working at Ricketts um, at my, at my ag job. And, you know, then when I went to, when I went out on my own doing my marketing business and some of my other investments, it was, man, it was pretty lonely at times, you know, um, I'm a pretty driven person. I'm the type that just, I'll go do, I'll go. I mean, I don't want to get up at four in the morning and drive eight hours, but I will, I, you know, I'll drive 10 hours one way and back in the same day. If I have to, to get a job done, like I'm just a driven person. It's not necessarily what I want to do, but I'll do it you know, I'll do what I have to do to try to accomplish what I'm doing. Well, man, there was a lot of days, you know, sitting in my room and that falling in house with a, with a sheet over top of me, trying to block some of the light out, um, in during the day. And I would be working underneath of that. And Rosie would be sitting right there with me. And everybody said, man, don't you get lonely? And yeah, it, a little bit, but but not really because I've always got this buddy with me and she's always driving, riding along with me in the passenger seat. She comes, you know, by the time I graduated up to get an office, um, which seemed like the biggest upgrade in the world. She was with me every day at the office right here on a little cot sleeping. And she was just there all the time. She was always somebody to talk to. And there was so much when it started, when I started um, on my own, and it's natural questions, man, what are you doing? Why are you going on on your own? Like, uh, I can't believe you're going to leave that great job. Like, are, are you just going to do this? Cause you want to fool around all the time? Like, um, are you, do you have enough work to make it, to make it work? I can't believe you're doing this. You got, you know, this and that. And everybody had doubts. Not every, the majority of people had doubts. My wife was unbelievably supportive of everything I wanted to do in business and she's the best, but you know, she was at her job doing whatever. And every time somebody would call me, what is your job anyways? Or they'd ask my parents, what's he doing? Does he even have a job? Is he unemployed? You know, blah, blah, blah. There's just a lot of doubt out there. Not that it was that big of a deal, but it, man, it gets old after a while, you know, and, and you entrepreneurs out there, you know, I mean, it gets, you get so tired of hearing that and answering that constantly. But the one person that I was with all the time that never, ever questioned what I was doing uh, was Rosie. And she'd come with me on my jobs. She'd sit there in the vehicle. She'd set out with me. She'd walk the farms when I was shooting farms. Um, she'd go with me to any little job that I could get, you know. And at that time, I didn't even feel like I could hardly afford to go get her a snack at Casey's. But 
Um, and of course she'd go hunting with me every day. And she was just a constant, a constant that never, never wavered. And I know she's a dog. I, I know that. And I, but when you're going through that kind of stuff and there's a lot of doubt, it doesn't matter if it's a dog. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a damn rock, just having something. And I thought of it as somebody there along with you. It's like, you know, I might've been doing the worst thing ever, but she was the reassurance that I needed to keep going on that. And, you know, she was there through that stage and, and her being a constant during that stage, I think is another part of what, you know, got us so close and, throughout the different things that I've done in business and the different chances that I've taken. And folks have told me, man, don't do that. It's crazy. This and that, but she's always, she was always right there. And like I said, if she would have known exactly what was going on, she might've told me I was crazy too, but having that constant there through some, some really tough times and some really good times, you know, my wife and I, um, we experienced a loss in pregnancy, um, one time and it, man, it, it, got me in a, in a way that I have never been before, um, got me down real bad. And I know there's been people who have dealt with it and, and worse. And I feel for everybody in that situation, but I was in a dark place. I was, um, you know, I was there, my wife was going through it work, you know, worse than I was. I didn't want to act like I didn't want to be the, the guy that was making it worse for her by acting like it was worse for me. And, I just remember driving around some nights, you know, some nights it was just us. We'd, I'd take a drive trying to clear my head or whatever. And that dog was there and the plenty of conversations were had and, and plenty of tears were shed there. And she was just always, always there. And just, it's a constant theme. It just, that's why it's so tough for me. Whenever it's losing a dog, it's not really losing a dog. It's losing a constant that's been there through so much change and through so many things that I've done that I'm not going to do again. You know, the first step out of a job into my own career, the first time, uh, you know, getting my own property and having her come hunt with me, the first time uh, having bringing a kid home and and that Mary Lane and, and having her be there and, and bringing Hank home and having her be there, you know, going through not being able to hardly afford anything to being able to do some really cool, fun stuff. You, you know, there's a lot of life changes that have gone on through there. And for that dog to be there, it's not a dog. It marks a companion through some really crazy stages in life and, and some crazy changes and some crazy risk. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to say this and, and I, and I don't know that I can say it, but I will say that, I'm not sure everything would have turned out exactly the same without that steady companionship for me. I know that, I know that it would have been a lot tougher to get through some of those times. Um, and I think if you've had a good dog, maybe you, maybe you understand what I'm saying. Maybe I'm just rambling if you haven't, but when you're sitting there by yourself and you don't know which way to turn and you're putting your best foot forward and taking your best information that you've got and stepping out into the unknown, even if it's just a dog, a solid companion, you know, can really, can really do wonders. And whenever I, whenever I lost Rosie, it brought back so many emotions for me. And this is the crazy part. 
Rosie was, if you'd ask anybody, who is, who is, does you guys know Rosie? And they'd say, yeah, that's Joe's hunting dog. When I lost her these last several days, I haven't hardly thought about hunting one time. And the, you know, the memories that we have hunting, I know that they're there and they'll definitely be apparent during hunting season. But that's not what I've thought about one time during this whole, this whole process. And that's what tells me that she wasn't just a hunting dog, you know, and, and that's what tells me that a great dog a lot of times isn't just a hunting dog. And I'm not talking about the dogs that are just hunting dogs. You know, Rosie wasn't put in a kennel and, and left up till it was time to hunt and, or train. I mean, Rosie was with me all the time. And, and I know a lot of you guys and gals have dogs that are the same way. And they're not really our hunting dog because 98% of the time they're not hunting. They're our companion that goes hunting with us. And that's how I was in the case of Rosie. Um, now we hunt a lot. I don't know, hundred days a year, pretty much 60 days of duck season a lot during honkers, a bunch during snows, quite a bit during dove, upland sprinkled in here and there. I, you know, she was definitely a hunting dog, but she wasn't my hunting dog. She was my partner, my companion that went hunting with me. And, you know, it just, like I said, it, she was thought of as my hunting dog, but when I think of her and the memories that I think of, I think about different stages in life and different things we did and different long road trips we took and different hard times that that I didn't know where to turn. And the only constant that I that I had was her. Not that my wife has ever not been a constant, but my wife's been dealing with a lot of tough things too at the same times I have, you know, and uh, and having that having that individual having that presence there um is is big and and that's and that's what we don't and that's what you don't see when you see a picture of a hunting dog you see a guy and a hunting dog and a limited ducks and whatever and you think man what a great retriever but you know i think i think the the thing that i'll retrieve that rosie will retrieve most for me throughout her life and she picked up thousands and thousands of birds she'll retrieve a lot of memories over the years because i'll think back and uh, and I'll be able to remember not only the hunting memories, but but the markers and the road marks throughout life that she was with me on. I uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do uh, moving forward. I don't know how how it'll be. Um, I got a new dog to help fill that void. My family and I just couldn't. I I we just couldn't take it. And I've got to have a I've got to have that companion as hard as it is. Um, I got a new pup, uh, and I don't know. I don't know how she'll be. I, she might be a good hunting dog. She might be a great hunting dog. She might be a terrible hunting dog, but, um, I got her Magnolia Rose, Maggie, and then Rosie had a good litter of pups last year and, God dang it. I wish I would have kept one. You know, you don't know what you don't know, but um, I've contacted those folks and the first litter that one of those pups has here in a year or year and a half, whatever, I'm going to get a female out of that. And I can't wait to get one of Rosie's, you know, grand pups, but um, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how you move forward on something like that. You, you have to move forward, but it's just so daunting a task looking at sitting here with a puppy and you know, Rosie's always going to be the, the, the roadmap and the, and the model and the, the, 
the goal that I'm shooting for with my gun dogs. And it's probably not the same as everybody else. You know, a lot of people don't need a gun dog to do the things that I needed Rosie to do. And, and, and a lot of people don't want them, but, but I, I wanted her to be able to be a companion that I could talk to just like I'm talking on this podcast and she knew what I wanted. And I swear to you, she did. Um, I'd say, Rosie, go in the house, get on your kennel and lay down. And she'd run in the house, jump on that kennel, lay down. You know, we'd be with people out in public and, and she'd be running around. I'd say, Hey, go, go get in the back of the truck. I'm done fooling with you. She'd run, jump in the back of the truck. Um, Rosie, go get in the kennel and do not touch that ball. We're not playing right now. She'd go in there and wouldn't even look at it. And it's just crazy. It, that's a tough thing to get back to. And, and maybe, maybe this dog and, and the dogs of the future won't even be capable of it. But one thing's for sure, it's not going to be fair to them because it's going to be really tough for me not to compare. And, and maybe I'll have to get over that. And, and if that's the case, I'll have to, you know, settle for having, having that in the past. And maybe that won't be how, how she goes, but, but we'll see. And I'm, I'm excited. So, you know, to close it up and to kind of bring back my feelings kind of all into one, I know I've been kind of rambling a little bit, but, um, I lost my hunting buddy. I lost my companion and I lost a constant that's, you know, that's been in my life. And if you've ever dealt with a loss of anybody, you know how tough it can be. And, and as I said, and, and in summary here, there's a lot of people that have lost a lot more than a dog. And I'm not trying to say that this loss is as devastating as what you or your family or folks around the world are feeling now or have felt whatever. What I am saying is it's more than just a hunting dog for me. And that's because of the time and the milestones and the relationship and what her time here on earth marked for me individually in my business, in my life, in my family. And that's the stuff you just can't, you just can't get over. You just can't replace <clears throat> no matter how many ducks they picked up, they picked up a million or, or they picked up one that's that's the tough part and you know and i'll say this for rosie on a hunting side of things man when it came to hunting god she wanted to go so bad she was like me she'd go and she'd go and she'd go and she'd go when it wasn't going to be good when she knew it wasn't going to be good when you know when i knew I, i'm i'm guilty of this sometimes and i've learned a lot along the years and i try to I tried to maximize my opportunity by, by lining up conditions and situations that are going to, you know, cause for success. But at the end of the day, I just, I'm a hunting fanatic. It's like a drug to me. And I, if I can't get shit to line up, right, I'm just going to eventually have to go on a shit show. And I do it all the time, you know, go out, man, this hide's not the best, not the best. The conditions aren't the best, but I'm going to do it. And she was a dog that was cool with doing it all the time. Every time I never had her ever act like she didn't want to do it so in closing i appreciate you guys for tuning in um it's hard for me to talk about it's it's hard for it's been hard for me to deal with but i hope that if any of you guys have ever lost a dog um that you've spent a lot of time with that you've cared a lot about hopefully this resonates with you and hopefully you can realize that these relationships we have with these dogs they're not just a hunting and hunter and dog relationship if it's like me, it's a whole lot more than just losing a dog. You feel like you've lost 
a cross section of your life that was contained within that, that dog. And so if you've lost a dog, I'm hopefully this will resonate with you. If you haven't, I hope you never do. And, uh, and I hope your dog outlives you. And I hope you all both live a long time because somebody said before, and I've seen it all over the place, especially here recently, you know, the only fault that our dogs have is that we outlive them and man, it couldn't be more true. So I hope you guys are having a great off season. I hope you guys are enjoying family, friends, getting ready for the upcoming season. I appreciate you for listening. And, uh, and we'll dedicate this podcast to Joe Weimer's Miss Molly Rose of Sheraton. <laughs>